final segment, ladies and gentlemen, hottest form of Alabama football news, notes, and information you are going to find. I'm yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, and this is In My Own Words. I'm live in studios. I know we've been kind of behind on a couple of shows, but still getting you, the fans, the best news, notes, information, updates on your Alabama Crimson Tide. We've had a strong week of shows with a number of different topics, the latest one being the interview with Jermaine Funny Man Johnson, one of the faces behind 95.7 Jams, one of the hottest comedians in the streets right now, and somebody that is a huge Alabama football fan. If you haven't done so, be sure to check out his videos in the upcoming season on how you know Crimson Tide fans react to games upon them being played. But we're looking at now being 11 days away from Alabama Duke, which will be on Saturday, August 31st, inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. So, so close to the start of the regular season. And for me, I am excited to have Steve Sarkeesian back at the University of Alabama as offensive coordinator. Let me just tell you, I am bubbling over. And you as a fan, you as a diehard consumer of this program, should be very much so excited also as I'm about to go into my three reasons as to why I'm excited to have Sark back and this is a huge year for him in terms of the Crimson Tide getting back to the college football playoff winning a national championship and his whole story coming full circle here just some background information on Sark NATO Steve Sarkeesian 45 years of age a native of California He's got 18 years of coaching experience going into his 19th year this season. Of those 18 years, nine of those he has spent as a quarterback's coach, seven of those years as a head coach, both at the University of Washington and the University of Southern California. Of course, two years as an offensive coordinator in the National Football League with those Atlanta Falcons. His coaching career started in 2000 as a quarterback's coach at El Camino College. Now, the specialty where Sark is concerned works really well with quarterbacks, is a big-time offensive schemer. <clears throat> in terms of quarterbacks, Sark has coached 11 3,000-yard-plus passing seasons, but Three reasons as to why I'm hyped up, excited to have Sarkeesian back as the offensive coordinator. Number one, Sark has something to prove, and he knows it. He's got something to prove, and he knows it. And uh, we're all fond of coaching trees, of coaching rosters, but we're all fond of coaching trees. Whether it's Bill Parcells, and that's a pretty darn impressive coaching tree, Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, whose coaching tree is spreading far and wide uh, by the day. But when you look at the early 2000s, there was a coaching tree, a coaching roster that was really, really, really dynamic. And that tree was located in Los Angeles, California, the University of Southern California, USC. At the time, the head coach was Pete Carroll. And he had a tripod. He had multiple, a multitude, numerous coaches under him. 
But the three I want to focus on, the tripod that he had under him, which was Norm Chow, Lane Kiffin, and Steve Sarkeesian were three really big-time, really high-profile coaches that were just ready to take on anything. And uh, if you remember, 2003 and 2004, USC was the BCS national champion. Now, of course, when the sanctions came in, they were stripped of the BCS title. However, the Associated Press, the AP poll, still recognizes USC as its national champion for 2003 and 2004. So at that time, Norm Chow was the offensive coordinator. Steve Sarkeesian was the quarterback's coach. And Lane Kiffin was the wide receiver coach. Now, the reason why I'm kind of breaking all of this down this way is, remember, Lane Kiffin was somebody that great offensive mind, strong in detail, but mouth got him into trouble, had some personal problems, burned a couple of bridges, and uh, he was not a hot commodity a, a few years after the whole thing with USC and him getting fired off the tarmac. But you remember when it was rumored that he was coming to Alabama, you know, Nick Saban saw some things in him that he liked about Kiffin and the main thing coming from Crimson Tide fans. No, 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 no. Don't bring Kiffin over here. He's bad for Alabama. He's got personal baggage. Mouth gets him into trouble. Keep him away from our crimson and white. No, Kiffin, not good, not good, not good. And Nick Saban says, son, come on in here. You are exactly what I need. And when Lane Kiffin came in here, he brought Alabama some things that were really, really good. And I'm about to show them on screen right now. With Kiffin at Alabama from 2014 to 2016, he brought Alabama two 3,000-yard quarterbacks, Blake Sims, Jacob Coker, brought the tie two 1,000-yard rushers, Derrick Henry, Damian Harris, brought the tie its first ever 2,000-yard rusher for a single season in Derrick Henry, brought the tie two 1,000-yard receivers, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, brought the tie its first ever Blitnikoff Award winner, and Amari Cooper brought the tide a Heisman Trophy winner in Derrick Henry and helped the tide win a national championship in 2015. All of these things Lane Kiffin did in his three years here because Nick Saban brought him in despite the baggage, despite the off-field stuff, even though folks said, no, 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 this ain't gonna work, this ain't gonna do, this doesn't fit. Nick Saban brought him in and Lane Kiffin worked the magic. So, you know, that's a big thing there. And for a lot of Tide fans, they still feel like if Kiffin and Saban would have worked out their differences in the 2016 season, the 2017 title game, that would have been another national championship for the Crimson Tide. But I digress from that statement. You cannot cry over spilled milk. It's already on the ground, and the cat is licking it up. So we move on for that statement. Just like what happened with Lane Kiffin, Sarkeesian came in with some baggage. Sark came in with some personal issues, was fired from two highly profiled jobs, USC and Washington. Alcohol was involved in there. Appeals were involved in there. And some of that was stress-related. But he comes to Alabama 
as an offensive analyst in 2016, a lot of people felt like no Sarkeesian, no Sarkeesian. He's got baggage. He's got trouble. He's got issues. But just like Lane Kiffin, Nick Saban tells Sark, I see something in you. I see something positive in you. Let's bring you in. Let's clean you up. Let's show you the way. And let's see how this goes from there bring Sark in and Sark at that point in time was just happy to be in Alabama was just happy to learn the process was happy to just be in the room and figure out you know how Nick Saban does what he does and unfortunately the relationship between Kiffin and Saban kind of hit a breaking point and Sark was kind of thrown into the action when he was not quite ready to be thrown in but When he took the move to go to the Atlanta Falcons for two years as an offensive coordinator, I don't know what transpired between him going to Atlanta and him coming back to Alabama, but those two years in the National Football League humbled Sark, grounded Sark, motivated Sark, gave Sark a new lease on coaching football, but not just that, it gave him the understanding of how to run an offense, of how to run a team from a CEO mindset, because hearing Sark speak at fan day at the open practice was very refreshing. Detail-oriented, thoughtful, understands what he wants to do and what he is trying to do. He is hook, line, sinker into the process. Keep in mind, has not won anything as a coordinator or a head coach. The last time he won something big, 2003, as a quarterback's coach, he knows how big this moment is to bring his story full circle. I am really excited for Sark. He's got something to prove. That's number one. The number two reason as to why I'm excited to have Sark back, he is challenging Tua Tagovailoa at quarterback in ways to where the junior did not think would probably happen. He's already he already has a pre-existing relationship with the Tagovailoa family, but now he's just building off of that. And uh, when you look at the season that Tua had just a year ago, right? The first seven to eight games of 2018, this man was eating up defenses. He was controlling college football. He was literally running away with the Heisman Trophy. 43 touchdown passes. I don't think Tua understood what an interception was because he didn't have any. And then the knee and ankle injuries came in. And then some anxiety crept in, some nervousness, some jitters crept in. The idea of, I got to now overcompensate with my arm because my lower body is hurting. And he forced some plays. He forced some throws. And that's where four of his six interceptions came into play against both Clemson and Georgia. But if you remove the jitters, the nerves, the injuries, the the uh, anxiety, and you just take the sample size of the 43 touchdowns to no picks, you would have a lot of national media guys and fans going, can Tua be any, any better? Is there a reason for him to improve more? I mean, it's as good as it gets what he was able to do, the 43 touchdowns to no picks. Is it possible to see Tua really improve and get better? 
I mean, these are the type of things that people are saying about one Trevor Lawrence right now for Clemson. It's like, can he be even better? Can he improve? Is there a way for that to be even possible? Did you see how he took down the Alabama, the Nick Saban, and that defense carving him up and winning the way he did? If Trevor Lawrence was to declare for the NFL draft right now, he would be a first-round pick just off the way he played. This is how people are talking about, too, about uh, Trevor Lawrence right now. But the biggest thing in how he's challenging Tua is Sark wants this offense to not just be more prolific than what it was a year ago, but he wants this group to do so many things well so that you are putting stress, pressure, you are wearing an opposing defense out, you are wearing an opposing defensive coordinator out. He wants those defenses stretched out thin to where what you're going to do? What you gonna defend? Are you, if, we, if we're running so many things well, can you defend the RPO? Can you defend the play action? Can you defend the slant and post patterns? Can you defend the run game? Sark wants this team doing so many things well that the defense does not know what to expect. And um, he's putting this on Tua to make sure everything is being handled to the accurate efficient effective degree he is challenging Tua he is putting all of this on the shoulders of the Hawaiian native to get this done yes you had a great year in 2018 Tua but forget that we're looking at bigger better more efficient and that's what Sark's putting out there right now challenging Tua that's the second reason as to why I am really excited to have Sark back which leads us to number three Folks, Sarkeesian, and I'm hearing this from uh, from sources right now, He, this offense is about to go back to being what it was with A.J. McCarron. We're talking about a commitment to the run game, a commitment to consistently running the football, establishing that run game, and providing multiple looks. Remember when Alabama played against Clemson and uh, – Brent Venables, defensive coordinator, in pre-snap read, he would show one look from his defense. Pre-snap read showed one look. Upon that ball being snapped to Tua Tagovailoa, Clemson had two and three and four different things going around, and Alabama couldn't pick it up. Tua couldn't process it, and it threw the timing of Alabama's offense off. That's what Venables did. I heard from a few trusted sources inside the program, Steve Sarkeesian is about to do the same thing and flip it on the rest of college football. He's going to show you something and pre-snap read. So when it's pre-snap, you see one thing. Upon Tua getting that ball, it's going to be three and four and five different things that Alabama's offense is throwing at you, and it's going to be up to that defense to combat it. And it's interesting, y'all. It's interesting. He is focused on making this offense all the more prolific, running the football, building off of that replay action, throwing out different looks to confuse not just defenses, but defensive minds and wearing the opposition down. I am so excited to see what Sark 
is about to bring to the table. So just running through these again, folks, the reasons why I'm excited about Sark being back, and you are, and you should be too. Number one, he's got something to prove and he knows it, and he's about to do it to bring his story full circle. Number two, he is challenging one to a Tonga Bangoa to make this offense all the more prolific. And number three, y'all, multiple looks. Sark committed to the run game. Sark committed to providing multiple looks to confuse, wear down, and dictate defenses. Folks, get ready. Sark is ready to get down to business and get some things done. But ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this week's edition of shows. Touchdown Alabama Magazine, in my own words, hottest show in the streets. If you want to be the best Alabama football fan, to have all the news, notes, and information, you know what to do. You download the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. Invest in yourself as college football Alabama football returns in 11 days. You can get that via the iPhone App Store if you're rocking Team Apple. Google Play Store if you got the Android phone. The podcast options is always listed at the bottom of the screen. Check them out. Subscribe to TDAlabamaMag.com to get all the latest on your Crimson Tide. And also subscribe to Touchdown Alabama Magazine on YouTube. Get with us site over 1 million video views over 5,000 subscribers strong because of you the smart fan folks when we return for next week's edition of shows we talk offensive line we talk the five-man battle and inside linebacker opposite Dylan Moses and we get into Nick Saban crewing up that pass rush getting that pass rush back ready for the 2019 season coming up in the next couple of weeks As always, folks, for us here at the TD Alabama Magazine family, I'm yours truly, Stephen M. Smith. Till next time, folks, you've been listening to In My Own Words.